0: Welcome to Booked, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Livia
1: Snudden. And I'm Rob Olson. Uh, This week we are doing an interlude for avid listeners of the podcast. You'll know that that means we didn't read a book, when in reality we actually did read something. But um, essentially, an interlude means we're just going to kind of talk about some stuff, mostly book related, maybe a little bit not so book related. Um, And it's not a straight up review, but uh you know us and how we like to break the rules we are actually reviewing something tonight
0: we read a book it was just a really little book little book little cute little book yeah little chap we did so can i can I tell listeners about what we what we are going to review on our non-review episode do it all right so this is horror our friends from the uk um have another chat book out we've covered. Is our fourth chat book we're covering, I think. I feel like it's more than that. It could be more than that. Here's the cool thing about these is that um, the folks at This Is Horror, they publish these. They're, I don't know, long, short stories, really short novellas in some cases. But it's like they weed through the garbage for us to only read the better stuff doesn't it seem yeah, that way
1: it, really, it really
0: does well i have to remind myself so every time i read a chapbook of these guys i'm like this is so good i have to read more short horror stories and i read some short horror stories i'm like why aren't these as good well yeah. because nobody went through the process of actually like kind of weeding out the, the garbage but this week we have the visible filth by nathan ballengrud i'm gonna go with ballengrud what do you think
1: that's what i've been saying <laughs> All
0: right. i say ballengrud but then he sounds really really german Right,
1: we don't like that. Yeah. We don't want that. And he might not be German. Oh, uh six. Six. This is numero six. This is number six. Can I read you the ones we've read? Absolutely. The Fox by Conrad Williams. Mm-hmm. Roadkill, Joseph DeLacy. Chalk by Pat Cadigan. Elvis Room, Stephen Graham Jones. Water for Drowning by Ray Cluley. And now, The Visible Filth by Nathan Balan Grood. right, and not to
0: put him on the spot, so of the previous five, which one's your favorite?
1: Man, Um, the easy choice would be Elvis Room, which was just creepy as hell, but Water for Drowning was up there, dude.
0: Dude, Water for Drowning, I think, for me too, is just, oh god, that's so
1: good. Good story. Lots more mermaids than uh, Stephen Graham Jones. Yeah, 100% more mermaids. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Less Elvis,
0: though. To be fair, less Elvis. Less Elvis, more mermaids. What a world we live in. I'm going to read the synopsis for this, and then we'll kind of get on talking about it. Uh, When Will discovers a cell phone after a violent brawl, his life descends into a nightmare. Affable, charismatic, and a little shallow, he's been skating across the surface of life in a state of carefully maintained contentment. He decides to keep the cell phone just until the owner returns and everything changes. Then the messages begin. Wills discovered something unspeakable and its crawling slowly into the light. Oh, I had that last little part there that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't part of the actual synopsis.
1: I guarantee you, if that was part of the synopsis, I would have read it wrong, and you would have corrected me. You <laughs> would have been like, "Wah ha ha ha," or something like that. You'd have been <laughs> like, "No, it's <laughs> <"Wah."> <laughs> Mwah. <laughs> Mwah. Yeah, that's how it would have gone. That's how that shit would have gone down. Uh, (laughs) so yeah, uh, that's actually a pretty decent uh, description of how the story starts out. This dude is a bartender and, um, he's kind of just, that's pretty much his life. He's got a girlfriend and he goes to work at a bar and he bartends and that's pretty much the most, you know, standout part of his life. He's got his regulars, you know, and it's kind of in a college town. So you got a bunch of like the college punks that come in. And um, that's pretty much his day-to-day. On this particular night...
0: No. It's it's a college town in as much as New Orleans is a college town.
1: Oh. (laughs) Well, okay, it's near... They have colleges? (laughs) it's, It's near... It's in the vicinity of a college because it specifically mentions college kids on multiple occasions. So anyway, New Orleans, probably pretty much the same as a college town. (laughs) Uh, In as much as there's probably a college there. But uh, this particular night, uh, Will is working. And uh, one of the regulars is a girl named Alicia who, even though Will's kind of in in a relationship and everything, they're like kind of the best buds. But you can tell that he always kind of wanted more from it, that, that kind of thing. She's like more of a badass girl who, you know seems a little more dangerous than the girl that he goes home to who is like a college student and always working on papers and stuff like that uh so she's there and um some stuff goes down like a brawl kind of breaks out with one of the other regulars who i believe his name is eric right that is correct eric
0: who lives upstairs from the
1: bar gets into a fight
0: um it goes terribly you know it goes very badly um but the the gist of it is that um will finds a cell phone as was mentioned in the synopsis and um for some reason another decides to take it home with him all right let's be honest rob um you probably have uh um the opportunity as as i do not to the same extent i guess to to find cell phones what's the first thing you do when you find a cell phone
1: um i mean the instinct is to see what's in the pictures right
0: right exactly so, um, this is
1: where this book loses
0: all credibility because he waits like two <laughs> hours before he does that. So, um, but yeah, he goes through there and, and he finds some pictures and a video of just, um, just some really, really terrible things happening.
1: Yep. And that's kind of the point in the story where it's like he made the decision to do something and it seemed like an innocent decision, but it might have deeper consequences than maybe he expected. Um, then, uh, having left work and gone home, uh, he kind of has to explain to his girlfriend that he's got this phone and why he's got it. Because she's not the jealous type, but she you know, obviously jumps to the wrong conclusion, and they have to kind of sort that out. And he's looking at this kind of horrible stuff on the on the phone, but then she wants to see, and he doesn't want her to see, but she ends up looking. It's that whole thing. That whole back and forth. And um, at one point, someone starts sending text messages to the phone... And he responds in, like, a basic kind of... First of all, they're, they think they're contacting the person whose phone it is. And it's this, like, please call me back kind of frightened thing. And he says, this isn't her. She can pick it up at the bar. You know, that type of thing. Just like, a, this is how she can get her phone back. But then once they know it's not her, the messages start actually coming in for him. And that's where it gets a little bit creepy.
0: Yeah, so... I don't know that we can go into a whole lot more detail about it. It is a chapbook. It's a relatively uh, quick read. Um, You know, this book covers the course of I don't know, about three, four days maybe?
1: Yeah, it's not long.
0: Yeah, just a few days. Yeah, a couple days of this kind of descent into this situation that Will has gotten himself into. Um, What really stands out to me about this book is not just that it's it is creepy and there's a great horror story there, but this guy really kind of nails um will's personal life because mm-hmm. he could have depicted will as you know just more so like oh he's a bartender oh he has a girlfriend these things keep happening you know but it's he's got this thing for alicia and he's got the situation going on with carrie his girlfriend and alicia has a boyfriend and in a fairly small story we get a prettier i felt like i got a really well-rounded picture of this guy's life um in, in kind of the you know the the not just the the horror in quotes, situation that he's in, but just the the kind of i don't know the horror of his personal life <laughs>
1: um yeah, it's one of those where whether this is the case or not, it almost has that feeling of being um like informed by reality, you know it's it's genuine in as much as you could imagine this was just the story like this happened to the author um like it's got that level of authenticity that type of feel to it which is pretty cool um but then there's the creepy part which is um i was actually thinking about this kind of made me think about when we were uh talking on the um the halloween special about uh the kind of more modern the the creepy pasta stuff remember mm-hmm. yes yes um internet uh urban legends and stuff basically and this would kind of fall into that category because and i don't think this is spoilery it's just one of the creepy things that happens is um in trying to find out what was going on with this you know weird situation with the cell phone and the disturbing things they saw his girlfriend starts to do research and um she comes across a website that it's it's okay to talk about this right livius i think so um He just finds her sitting at her computer completely, like, completely dazed, just out of it. And all it is is, like, a video, an ongoing video of, like, a dark tunnel. There's really, and, like, I think there's some sound, or, like, it's the kind of sound where you want to put your ear up close to the speaker to see if you're really hearing it or if your mind's playing tricks on you and that type of thing. And she gets just, she must have just gotten sucked into the website where... She's just sitting in front of it, just blankly staring at it, and it, like that type of stuff creeps me out because, you know, we're living in a digital world. But what's to say that someone couldn't create something that would just you know mess with your mind if you if you were to to you know start looking at it. It's
0: interesting. I didn't think about that when i was when I was reading this, but you're right. You're right, and there are several of those kind of creepy pastas that come to mind after you said that. Um, And I'm not going to go into them because that went so well last time we did that. But (laughs) I am going to send you a link to one I want you to read because I thought it was was excellent. Um, All right. So since we're lazy, (laughs) we took a little (laughs) bit of time and looked at it. It's probably a little long to read for the podcast. So I'll kind of give you the gist of it. Um, And and I mean, you know what I'll I'll do is I'll read like three of these. I'll kind of give you an idea. So it's it's shows up as it's on a net nostalgia forum is how this was originally presented as like a series of screenshots if i remember correctly i mean this is collected on the web in several places now but um so like a forum someone comes on and says um does anyone remember this kid's show is called candle cove and i must have been six or seven i never found reference to it anywhere so i think it was on a local station around 71 or 72 i lived in ironton at the time i don't remember which station but do you remember it was on a weird time like 4 p.m and then, of course, a couple of people are like, oh, my God, yeah, I remember that. And, you know, someone else, you know, starts talking about like, oh, yeah, there was this this uh I remember Pirate Percy. I was always kind of scared of him. He looked like he was built from parts of other dolls and other people are like, man, memories are flooding back now that you guys are saying this. But then it starts to get a little weird because um, they start talking about like a character named uh the Skin Taker was a, a villain, <laughs> which is weird <laughs> for a kid's show. Right. Yeah. Um And then it kind of gets a little weird. So after they describe all these weird things they remember seeing on the show, someone says, I used to have this awful memory, a bad dream I had where the opening jingle ended. The show faded in from black and all the characters were there, but the camera was just cutting each of their faces. And they were just screaming. And the puppets and marionettes were flailing spastically and all just screaming, screaming. The girl was just moaning and crying like she had been through hours of this. I woke up many times from that nightmare. I used to wet the bed when I had it. And then the next comment says, I don't think that was a dream. I remember that. I remember that was an episode. And it kind of goes on like that, you know, with with other people kind of verifying and these people all coming to the realization that what they saw maybe wasn't exactly what they thought it was.
1: So, yeah, that's this. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's, that's like an effective, I, I just remembered, um. Uh, way back in the way way back machine um when we did that nova parade solar side thing um the kill screen yes gate it was like a game that yeah and then someone Mm -hmm. died oh yeah that freaked me out it's good stuff and it's interesting well
0: but so the interesting thing and we started talking about this because of technology and and some of the stuff that appears in um, the visible filth but It's interesting, you know, because you start to use technology as a tool to to creep people out. So that whole story, I'm not sure how that would have played out if there wasn't a cell phone and, you know, and and the, the Internet and the video on the phone and stuff. Then you look at things like Candle Cove and you go, okay, well, this is just a story people are talking about from the 1970s when we didn't really have at least today's technology. But it uses an Internet web forum to really deliver the story. Someone could have written that story, and I don't think it would have had the same effect as kind of that seeing it through. Yeah. A medium that most of us, at least that use the internet, are familiar with.
1: Right, because it's not. There's no realization of horror until people. It's the web forum that makes them realize that it wasn't an individual, like you know, glitch in their mind. It was an actual thing that happened to multiple people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very cool. But anyway, uh, yeah. Like um, creepy. A lot of creepiness going on, and and um, roaches there are some roaches Rob what is your level of roach experience um in my entire and and, I'm this is just completely honest in my entire life I've probably come across I could probably count on less than you know on two on two hands the number of roaches I've seen in my entire life
0: I don't know if we've ever talked about this um on the podcast I'm sure you've heard this um Many many years ago, I used to work for a rent-to-own company, oh, and uh, oh god, <laughs> I worked in, in in two of the worst areas in Illinois. Um, and uh, so, for you, you only ever see enough for, on two hands, I would say that in my field of vision, the worst you know minute that I had <laughs> at that place <laughs> swarms hundreds. Oh god, it was like just people living in squalor. Well, here's here's what happens. Let's take a quick minute to talk about this. We had this this um, short short story here, a short um, setup, I guess. Um, we would rent furniture to people. They could so these people um, were renting to own, which means they didn't need any credit. They basically needed proof of income and a couple of references. So most of the people we rented to had kind of exhausted all their other credit options. So we went to some 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 pretty rough places and stuff. And this particular place was a low income housing in one of the far uh far northern suburbs of chicago and uh we I, I didn't go on this one of the guys calls me and says hey i'm at so-and-so's house she doesn't have any money i'm, I'm gonna you know we're gonna take the furniture back but I, honestly we don't want it i'm thinking we should just leave it here so i go okay this is this isn't how we do things too come on you know better put it in the truck bring it back he's like you don't understand it's it, it's it's filled with roaches it's ruined." Like, okay, well, I get that, but you got to bring it back so we can at least write it off and we'll dispose of it here. So, you know, long story short, they get back and they're like, dude, just be prepared because you ain't seen, you haven't seen anything like this. So I go, come on, guys, how bad could it be? I've been doing this for years. (laughs) You know, so I've seen, I've seen roaches and and squalor and whatever. So I hop up on the, the lift gate to the truck. As I roll the door open, you know, your brain tricks you into thinking things. For a second, I thought it was raining inside the truck.
1: Oh, God. Because
0: as I rolled up the door, and I, I, I swear I'm not exaggerating, it had to be about 50 to 75 roaches fell either off the door or the inside, you know, ceiling of mm-hmm. the truck. So it looked like <laughs> kind of like rain for a second. They were everywhere. We um, we we did the bug bombs. I did two sets of bug bombs. The orchid guy came out. He did some bombing and some spraying, and they still just wouldn't all die. So there were... If I had to... My best guess, in all honesty, there were probably, I don't know, between 1,000 and 1,200 roaches in one <laughs> oh, in God. one cube delivery truck. What we picked up from her was, uh, you know, like a living room set, like couch, love seats, and yeah. tables, and a TV. And that was enough to house uh, an army of, of roaches. And she lived with this? Yes, as a matter of fact, she, she asked she asked one of the guys there if he wanted some chicken. Oh my god, no. <laughs> and he was like, No, no. He's like, dude, I wouldn't even drink a cup. He's like he's like, it took us longer to get back. We had to go out of our way because I had to stop. It was and literally it was probably like 95 degrees out that day. He's like, but I wouldn't I wouldn't drink anything out of that house.
1: Oh my god. Yeah. That's so awful. The, the so the roach stuff
0: in the book, I'll be honest with you, I was kinda like, man, eh, there's roaches. Like <laughs> it's like sure. <"Shut." laughs>
1: I don't know. There's like one like there's in the beginning there's like this one roach and I'm like, this is fucking disgusting.
0: Yeah, I was like, Meh. one roach. <laughs> what does this guy know about horror?
1: Yeah, I've lived a charmed charmed roach free life apparently because I've never seen so like I've never seen it where they're they've they've taken hold of an area. Like I've seen the stray one or two. Like I live I've I live and have lived in several different places in Chicago and in any kind of condensed urban area. It's just a reality that roaches are gonna exist because there's just the availability for them to thrive um the worst i've i've been in contact with is let's say you know um exterminators uh you know just bomb the, the 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 commercial areas on the bottom floor or something like that like the stray one in its escape will like make its way into the apartment or something like that as it's dying or something that's like that's maximum like one maybe two in a day
0: (laughs) there there was another incident which was a little more condensed um we had a a same situation we we picked up this dining room set from a customer and uh this was like you know it looked nice you could tell it was cheap it was like a big slab of like marble with just the glass top Mm -hmm. so it's got like this rectangular piece well those were just they were painted wood and hollowed out inside Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and uh the roaches had nested in there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we pull it off the truck. We sat on the ground outside. and Again, I get a bug bomb. I throw it under there. And and I stopped counting at about 35 roaches that crawled out of the base of the table. And they were all dying as they were crawling away. But, you know, you kind of lose count because they're all trying to, like, run for their lives. <laughs> but, I mean, that's that's 35 in a, I don't know, basically something that's the size of a smaller than a taller, but, like, not quite as wide as, like, a coffee table.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's nuts, dude. I can't. Well, handle that's like the whole it. thing.
0: Is yeah. Well, and God, man, I'll tell you, there were days when when stuff like that would happen. I, I remember the one time um, I actually got undressed. The time with the with the truck, mm-hmm. um, I actually got undressed in my backyard, like down in my underwear before I went into the house. Oh fear, yeah, out of fear of bringing in because if you bring you in want one,
1: the eggs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So, but it was we would we would frequently have those situations where like you'd have your coworker check like the cuffs of your slacks oh god well yeah because oh, there, oh. there are no places that they can get but, god, yeah, that's just so, terrifying. Like, we'd have to check each other it was a little uh, it, it was a very interesting job
1: <laughs> so I think that you could write like the follow up the sequel to the visible filth or like visible filth fan fiction which is just like you writing your stories about encounters with the roaches Ugh, the dregs of humanity so, <laughs> we should wrap this up a little bit, huh? Yeah. Uh, go f- go first with a wrap up. All right. As Rob mentioned,
0: <laughs> there were some roaches. <laughs> um no, this is a really um I say it's short, do, you do roughly a page count? Any any idea?
1: Um I would ballpark it at like between 30 and 50, but it's tough to say.
0: Okay, I was yeah, I was
1: going to go I think I think you're right, probably 40, 45. Um, so fairly condensed story,
0: but um, Mr. Ballingrud um, manages to deliver a, a pretty well-rounded story. Something that takes course over the the uh, story that takes course over just a few days, but has uh, has characters that, that you feel you understand and know after a little bit. But also manages to you mentioned this on if this is too spoiled. Almost manages to introduce kind of like a cult of sorts mm-hmm. into it, which is really creepy and feels. Very modern, realistic. We talked about Water for Drowning um, earlier before this, which I absolutely love. But fuck, there was a mermaid. So <laughs> that well, but it takes that that different turn. It takes that that supernatural turn. That that not not true to what really terrifies us, which is reality. And uh, this one is steeped in, in reality. So it's a it's a little scarier to me than uh, than some of the other supernatural horror stuff we've read. It uh, delivered some genuine chills. I liked the characters, and I felt they were all all felt very real. If you hadn't been in that situation, you probably know somebody who has. So uh, I, I really liked it a lot. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with another five stars.
1: This is horror
0: is really racking them up, <clears throat> dude. They're called this is horror. If they were bad at this, <laughs>
1: it would be terrible. We'd stop talking about them yeah probably all right so here's what I think uh I actually read this far before Livius did. I just want to put that out there. pretty much everything Livius said this is uh the the horror of this book lies within the fact that the scary parts um aren't like a monster or this over the top you know psycho killer or anything like that it's just the 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 horror that could lurk within any one of us uh you know, who was just unhinged or had a weird belief or something like that. And that's the creepiest part of this book is just the people that you pass on the street on any given day. One of them could just be like this weird messed up person who does really fucked up things. Um, So that's got a lasting impact. And um, between that and the really creepy roach stuff that we didn't really talk too much about, but like there's enough of it in the book that's, you know, gives me kind of that surface level, just like skin crawl um, really effective as a as a scary book and a, and a scary concept. And beyond that, there is kind of the actual like buy-in we get for the Will character with his backstory, with his girlfriend, and the struggles he goes through. And he, I didn't mention it. I thought I wanted to talk about it earlier, but um, he he's kind of the uh, the Dante Hicks. You've seen the clerks, right, Livius? Yes. Like the Dante Hicks of the situation, where like he's this guy who's. Really, not doing anything to improve his station in life. And he's got kind of a comfortable thing going, but he always kind of wants the other thing. And nothing ever really turns out, you know, how he hoped. um So we got like an emotional, somewhat of an emotional buy in for him. But overall, the selling point is just all the messed up stuff that happens to him. And it's all hinging on the fact that he makes this one very minor decision that. In any given day, probably wouldn't change the course of anything, but this completely alters it his entire life his entire life so um really cool, got that creepy pasta kind of modern urban myth cult thing going on that I dug a lot, so I'm gonna go with Livius. this is horror gets another five star unanimous vote from us.
0: They really do a really good job with picking these. got to give it up to them, man. they do good. I don't know what kind of crap pile they have to weed through. <laughs> but um pick
1: of the litter man yeah yeah what if that's like all they got (laughs) that's like everything they put out is just whatever someone sent in (laughs) maybe like the best
0: well then you know that that says something else because people actually only send them really good stuff like so
1: hey did we mention that we were on book spear and bullshit um yeah well here's the thing the last episode uh it posted right as we right before we recorded the episode so we did mention it but i don't think we talked really much about what happened on the episode
0: all right so um we were invited by um i'm gonna try to get this right Bram stoker award non consideree frank j edler <laughs> reached out and uh, and invited us to be guests on uh on the books beer and bullshit podcast which um, we are happy to do um because uh it is i literally listen to three podcasts and that's one of them the other one's booked and <laughs> this is horror and that's really all that's i listen it. to dude i tried listening to the nerdist the other day and i just i i, I don't get it
1: the but nerdist more. all right so there's episodes that i've really enjoyed but it's not for the hosts it's for the guests
0: yeah, Rain Wilson was on this one, and you know what? He's much funnier when he has a script.
1: Yeah, he seems like I, he actually yes, because he. Uh, um, first of all, I think his wife is a writer or artist, um, and he does a lot of creative things in his own time. And uh, I think he's got a website called like Soul Pancake or something like that. And I, yeah, it's just I believe they
0: mentioned stuff. that on the episode. I think that you're right. Something yeah, that
1: but now he's in that show Backstrom, and it's awesome.
0: Yeah, I hadn't heard. I mean, I heard a lot of hype about it, but I haven't actually heard anybody talk about if this show was any good.
1: I watched the first episode last night. Um and he's just basically this degenerate weirdo detective. Mm-hmm. Um much like I guess they've he's been it's been uh compared to like you know, did you ever watch House? Yes, I loved House. So he's like House, but instead of being a doctor, he's a detective. Oh, um that's high praise. And the coolest thing is I was <laughs> watching the episode and there's this guy who's like another detective and they're at a murder or you know, a, a crime scene and all of a sudden the guy starts talking and I'm like, That's the fucking Allstate guy with the really deep voice and they have the Allstate guy. You know the guy with the really deep voice? David from Twenty Four? Black guy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I never <laughs> watched twenty four, so he's Just the Allstate guy to me. So. so
1: he's on the show too. Oh, see now I have to watch it. Yeah. It's it's actually It's quite good. He's just the most condescending. Like, if you, Livius, were a detective, (laughs) because he just points out everybody's flaws, and he hates everybody, and he's constantly grumpy, it would totally be you.
0: Is it an hour-long program?
1: Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm definitely going to
0: check that out. Uh, All right, so back to this episode of... (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> the books, beer, bullshit you yeah, talking yeah, about.
1: That's right. I we're was like, "What were we very, very
0: sidetracked tonight?" That's what interlude episodes are all about. <laughs> that's right. Um, so I'm going to do this in my best Rob describing something. So there's these podcasters, and then there's these other podcasters they are invited to this podcast. That was me doing my. You were telling us about the that show. Never mind. You there? Hello. Yeah,
1: I'm. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting for something to happen here. <laughs> <laughs> So Frank and Jeff invite us
0: to be on, and the interesting thing is we talk about podcasting more than we do about books, which is what we talk about here. So sometimes we talk a little bit about the behind-the-scenes stuff here, but it was a pretty, um, I don't know, kind of in-depth look into the, uh, the life of the podcaster, pod life.
1: Yeah, we talked about, like, what makes us tick. We talked about, you know... The process of editing and how we do stuff. And yeah, it was really cool. It was a nice little conversation. And by little, I think we actually spent about 30 minutes, I think. 30 to 35 minutes of like the whole, like maybe it was like 50-minute episode. So we were a good chunk of it. We were a good chunk of it. After that it. stupid diarrhea song in the beginning.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <sighs> I was listening to that. I, started, I was listening to that episode, it was like five in the morning, and I was like, oh my God, when is this going to end? And I'm like, this is really, this is this is the lead up, this is the warm up for for Booked, is the diarrhea song.
1: Yeah, diarrhea was our lead in. <clears throat> they really know how to treat someone, how to make someone feel special over there at Bookspear and Bullshit. Yep. So definitely check it out. Um, we talk a little bit about the the energy
0: that we deliver on this podcast um you're going to have to take uh well what's one of those like Xanax or something when you're listening to to those guys cuz they're oh, they're yeah. they're they're way up here and we're 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 right <laughs> where we always are so yep yeah but uh definitely you're going to want to uh check that out if you're interested in some kind of like behind the scenes uh, workings of booked
1: yeah and if talking about behind the scenes workings of booked you could not have set me up any better than you just did That's because I'm a professional podcaster, sir. Seamless, man. Patreon, if you want to get more than just the weekly podcast episodes, if you want to get them early, contribute to Patreon. And now, starting very soon, probably as as soon as within a couple days of when this episode posts, if you want to hear content, audio content, that's not available anywhere else in the entire universe, Being one of our contributors on Patreon will get you something very, very special.
0: All right. I don't know how special um, (laughs) our first (laughs) contribution to that is, but um, (laughs) we talked about it a little bit at the end of the last episode. Uh, Many, many years ago, um, Rob and I did a little bit of writing along with some other folks, and uh, this writing was all collected into a chapbook you can't get anywhere. Cannot. You cannot. I'm pretty sure I know the only two people that have, like, multiple copies of this in there on this podcast. Uh, I will be reading a short story I wrote called Moonlighting. Now, word of warning, it's terrible. And, <laughs> and, hold on, hold on. And I read it like I read synopsis on this show, which means one level all the way through. It's like four and a half minutes. That's and, right. Uh, Silky and magical. Listen, don't listen while driving.
1: Um, and just as an incentive to entice you to get over there to Patreon and start giving us a little bit of monthly, uh, moolah, we're going to play you like one paragraph, um, from that story right now.
0: I took one last long drag on the cigarette and flicked it out the window. Rape, domination, robbery, all diversions. They said I was angry with women. Truth be told, it was just harder to kill the men. They were stronger and I'm not exactly a really powerful guy. The second woman had overpowered me, and if it weren't for quick thinking and a lot of luck, my journey would have ended prematurely. I've gotten better at it, but it still scares the hell out of me. All right, Rob um, exaggerated a little bit. I don't use paragraphs when I write, so <laughs> that wasn't one paragraph. That was a very, very small portion of a really long paragraph.
1: Fair enough. Um, so that would li- that was Livius from Moonlighting, and... Um... You can hear the entire story if you're if you're a Patreon contributor at any level. You're also going to get a story from me called "Killing Millie," written mm-hmm. in 2009, I believe. Um, and yeah, it's about kind of a nut guy, nut job guy, right? Yes, a little
0: bit of a nut job, but I will say that I, I got to listen to the uh, the recorded version of this, and, and Rob is, like, way caffeinated, like, maybe did some lines, Rob,
1: while he's reading that. Oh, yeah, I zipped through it really quickly. I zipped <laughs> through it. I, I was messaged
0: like, them, I'm like, did you
1: speed up the audio? <laughs> <laughs> so um, here, here's just a little clip. This is just, like, a little paragraph, but um, this is me speaking about twice my normal speed. The rubbing alcohol was on top of the newest pile of newspapers in the whatever room, next to my little desk when I read or write at night, when the monster movies like Lake Placid stop playing on Cinemax, and the horrible softcore porn starts, where it's an endless march of different titles and the same four actors, and you would think, after doing all these movies, that they would get better at acting, but really, they're the same each time. Like, maybe they'd filmed them all in a marathon week or month, and they got 30 or so films done all in a row, maybe one per day, and so naturally, there wasn't enough time for any real progression of talent, especially under such time constraints
0: all right so um if you want go ahead and use that 30 second back skip if you're listening on stitcher and you can listen again if you missed any of the words that Rob rattled off there so
1: to be fair the character that i was writing um kind of thinks in like run-on sentences so i wanted to affect that in my reading because i'm method or whatever
0: you nailed it bro
1: so yeah that's what—that's the kind of shit you can look forward to if you're giving us money on a monthly basis how could yeah. you resist
0: we will dredge up shit from six years ago and recycle it into content <laughs> for you
1: <laughs> and completely embarrass ourselves I think the big thing is like we're embarrassing ourselves because we're not writers right
0: um nah, I'm not
1: yeah so
0: do it alright so enough talking about us for at least a little bit I would like to say there's a very, very close friend of this show, and he just um, entered into a just had a life changing event. So Sean P. Ferguson,
1: he he contributed to Patreon.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And and see, let me tell you what happens. (laughs) Sean was living a lonely, desolate life, and he contributed just like two months ago to Patreon. And you know what happened to him today? Oh,
1: tell me, please. He got engaged. Get the fuck out of here. I swear to God, Patreon makes (laughs) love happen. It makes people want to marry you. Yeah,
0: so congratulations, Sean P. Ferguson and the future Mrs. Ferguson. Congratulations to both of you. Um, Rob might attend the wedding if you send him an invitation.
1: (laughs) That's kind of a weird thing to say, but in complete seriousness, we love Sean P. Ferguson. He's been... One of our earliest supporters, one of our most enthusiastic by far supporters, and he's just a great guy to know. He is one of the most loyal and loving people that you'll know. So he deserves all the happiness he he gets in life.
0: That's right. And you can't say happiness without saying penis.
1: <laughs> he also deserves all the penis he gets in
0: life. That's right. So uh, <laughs> congratulations, Sean. Um, uh, we wish you
1: the best. That's right. Booked loves you. Indeed. You know what else Booked Loves? Not talking about books. (laughs) We fucking love TV
0: shows. How did we not just do a podcast where we talk about TV shows? How has that not happened?
1: That's what everybody does. Well, mostly
0: because we were going to, and there was zero enthusiasm around our Happy Days podcast.
1: (laughs) Oh, man, I still own that website. (laughs) I was was looking... (laughs)
0: I was looking through uh, through something, and I was like, oh, look, there's the first two episodes of Happy Days that we never watched. I actually tried to watch the first one. I got about four minutes in. I think I fell asleep.
1: Wow. Um, it's been actually a long-term you know, uh, strategy of mine to just hold on to that 100 Happy Days website and wait for someone to just, like, buy it from me for a ton of money. That will happen. And then that's going to be booked, going on, like, taking private jets places and stuff like that.
0: I think that 100 Happy Days thing died out. I don't think anybody made it to the 100th day.
1: No, and like, <laughs> yeah, it died out essentially the day that I registered that website. Yeah, it was like day seven. Everybody was like, oh, 100 Happy, Ugh, here's a meme about cats. And then that was it. Pretty much. but um, So we're
0: probably not going to do a podcast about Happy Days. But, you know, Hannibal, that's probably a podcastable
1: show. I have been waiting for any kind of... Here's the thing, like, there are shows that I enjoy, and then there's shows that I just obsess about. Hannibal has been one that I completely obsess about, and so just hearing news, there was that heartbreak that happened about a month ago when the guy that plays Mason Verger decided not to come back, so they had to replace him with a guy who looks a lot like that guy. Um...
0: Which I didn't know matter. that. Well, no, yeah, well, I don't know if we can talk about it, but yeah, I don't think it matters what he looks like
1: anymore. Right, his looks not as important as maybe in the second season. Um, but that was all, like, that we'd been hearing, that and that <laughs> instead of in the spring, it was going to get pushed back to summer. I'm I'm assuming that cast changes might have had any kind of, like, some sort of effect on that. But then they just came out with a a trailer for season three. Of Hannibal, which looks really interesting,
0: it does. And um, anybody who follows that show or has even heard us talk about it on the podcast, I uh, I observed not through the trailer, but that uh, like we we know based on the story arc that Hannibal should get caught at the end of the season.
1: Yeah, it would make sense based on what the show creator said, kind of early on, that the first three seasons would lead up to. Uh, uh, Red Dragon in -hmm. which um, he's already incarcerated so yeah he has to get caught sometime in the uh, season but the thing that I noticed was this was very much a fallout recap like this was not um, a preview of all the weird fucked Mm -hmm. up shit that's going to happen it was basically like showing you some of the fallout of the end of season 2 which was totally makes sense and everything but then the end of it that's what really got me
0: yep indeed i uh i always find it interesting um when you watch something and not just in that that way where a tv show will show you like some horrible thing that happens or some big thing that happens and then they go three days earlier right. not like that but when it's a bigger story arc and you know how it ends so for me i remember the one i remember most vividly is when i um after season one of Spartacus. The, uh, the actor that played Spartacus um, became ill. So they postponed doing season two by doing a prequel. So now they show you all these characters and you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, this guy's doing this. How the hell does he end up? Cause you, you know where they end up. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting for me to, you know, to think about Hannibal. And I, I think throughout the course of the season to kind of watch and see how much, you know, knowing some of the future like being able to kind of pinpoint how you're going to get there.
1: Well, the interesting thing, too, was that someone said that um, there was some hints at the whole Tooth Fairy character, which was the big bad in the the Red Dragon movie, right? Or the Red Dragon book? Correct, yes. Yeah, so they're dropping hints, they're making that happen. It'll be interesting, and then, um, I mean... I know that there was kind of it was kind of unsure whether there was going to be a season three, so really because season four going on should be stuff that's already taken place in in other mediums if if three is the last of it at least then we hit we can carry on into the red dragon we've already seen or read and that type of thing but I really hope I'm hoping that it lasts a lot longer and that that last moment of that trailer just killed me inside because the whole part of the end of season two was the betrayal and the, like the heartbreak of of Hannibal, um, not getting to do the the whole family thing that he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, they're really pulling those heartstrings still in a movie about people that kill and eat people, which I think is amazing. Um, do we know uh, do we know if Catherine Isabella is going to be returning? I don't see why not. There was nothing that said she's not returning. She is in a movie called 88.
0: Yeah? Um, Can I just say that um, I have not seen the whole thing, but there are numerous scenes where she's pouring milk on herself. What? Yeah.
1: Hold on. (laughs) This this demands immediate action. (laughs) You're serious? Yeah, is it like the number eighty-eight? Like 888 yes. eight, eight, like... eight, 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 eight digits. When did this
0: come out? Um, I think you get it on Amazon right now. That's not all I saw it, but
1: holy shit, revenge is all she has left. Do you want to watch a trailer? I can wait. No, I have to be respectful for the podcast. I am going to put my personal needs aside. Suffice to say, I will have watched this within like hours of. Us finishing the episode. <laughs> anyway, Catherine Isabel, um, she's a great actor Like all things aside, she's a great actor. She is, and she's kind of pretty too. She's hot as fuck. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> I hope she comes back. I mean, she's one of those it girls right now who like pretty much like can do whatever she wants to. Um,
0: Hold on a second though. Let me ask you a question. Is that actually true, or is she an it girl like in our world? Like because we're she's like a
1: niche, dance. yeah, okay. and, like the niche, like <laughs> in the horror community, she's very much an it girl. Did you know she was in one of the uh, Friday the Thirteenth movie? No, uh, it was Freddy versus Jason. Oh, was she like four? No, she was like a teenager.
0: Oh, how old is she now? I don't know. All right. Because I, I picture like she's in her mid twenties. I'm pretty sure Freddy versus Jason was like 15 years ago.
1: <laughs> all I know is that there was a shower scene, and I was all like happy that there was a shower scene, only to find out later there was a body double.
0: Oh,
1: Hollywood is the so best. Fake. The best
0: part of that movie is um, you, you remember the movie, right? Oh, of course. The very beginning, Jason is chasing that girl through the through the forest, mm-hmm. and it turns out that he's just dreaming yeah <laughs> it's these dreams that he's chasing and killing girls in the forest which is just so endearing like, it's like yeah it is adorable, adorable. it is adorable <laughs> so, <laughs> so new hannibal coming this summer i'm sure we'll talk about that ad nauseum when it is uh returned um but speaking of trailers for new tv shows um i'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you bring this one on
1: Season two of Penny Dreadful is coming up. I talked so much about Penny Dreadful before it came out, and it was a short run. It was an eight-episode series, so not a lot, um, not a huge uh, story arc or anything like that. But man, I don't know what it is about it. It's just different, and I loved it so much. Um, It it, it had much more of like a, this is going to sound weird, but it was more of a performance than like a television show, if that makes sense. It's oh, just, I see where I see where you're coming from with that. Like it felt more artistic, and um, and like like it would be on stage almost. Um, yeah. But just the whole the whole idea was just so en- en- enchanting to me. The you know the fact that it's Victorian London and all of these classic monster character kind of things were going on with the vampires and the Frankenstein's monster and the you know Dorian Gray being a character and woman who's possessed by the devil and all that stuff and it just all works so well together in a shitstorm that could have been very either just poorly done or or campy or cheesy they really put it together in a serious way and it was very entertaining throughout Um, watching the the trailer for season two essentially you're seeing you know what happens what takes place after season one obviously Um, and so you're seeing what all these characters are up to and you're seeing glimpses of, of new characters and you're wondering how they're all going to to fit together. But the one that got me and I had to kind of it was honestly probably like two frames. You know, it was a very short cut uh, was it looked like and Livia's kind of verified this to me, but um, the Phantom of the Opera it's a guy with like a, a, a part of his face is covered by a mask and the other part is not. But you can see there's like some scratches and stuff. Guy's got a fucked up face. It looked like Phantom of the Opera.
0: Pretty sure that that is um, um, Eric from the Phantom of the Opera, I, I believe. Uh, and uh, I, I'm yes, that's very exciting. Um, but for me, the the end um, of that trailer really delivers, and that um, I, I think that I'm not alone in thinking the show was heading towards Dracula. That Dracula was going to be like the big season two reveal, right? And instead, we get Elizabeth Bathory, who, um, oh, is such an excellent, excellent historical figure character, fictional character, I guess. But um, uh, for those who don't know, um, bathes in blood to stay young. So kind of a different type of vampire.
1: Tell the truth. How often in your life have you been in a bathtub filled with blood and you've extinguished your cigarettes in that bathtub filled with blood? Every single time like every like on a daily on the daily. Oh, <laughs> no. no, I, no
0: I, <laughs> I don't know. Let's OK. So um, friends of the show, Caleb Ross and Gordon Highland have have a, a new podcast. It probably has a name.
1: interesting question, I think. is.
0: I think it's an important question. But the question <laughs> really is, why aren't they talking about if you would and what it would take for you to bathe in the blood of other people?
1: I mean, they have had only, like, three or four episodes, I think. So um, maybe we could submit that as as an... I mean, because it is interesting to us. It's totally interesting to us. I I mean,
0: (sighs) real quick, what would would it take? I mean, would it be money? Would it depend on who the people are, the the, the actual, you know, blood came from?
1: If it was the blood of my enemies, I would do it without hesitation. If If it was someone more innocent... Probably I'd need some sort of, like, yeah, monetary um, persuasion.
0: I don't know. Like, I think I'd be far more likely to rub someone's blood on me than I would be to, like, immerse myself in it.
1: Dude, if you're rubbing it on you, just what's the difference at that point, you know? I don't know. Mm. Just let it get all up in your pores. Yeah. Um, Up in the the weird bits.
0: (laughs) All right, Caleb. Gordon, that's the important question. Episode 5 talk about blood bathing. Blood bathing. Um, yep. Yeah. So uh yeah, Penny Dreadful. I, all I can say about Penny Dreadful um is, you know, definitely interesting take on things bringing all the monsters together like the movies are bringing all of the superheroes together, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But God damn it, man,
1: Ava Green, that show would be nothing without her. I know and she, it is made it is single-handedly made josh hartnett interesting
0: <laughs> yeah i didn't i don't quite understand how he how they picked him for for any of that but um holy shit she's awesome and i do have to say that the dorian gray storyline is is very very interesting so uh, lots of good stuff there that's something i'm actually planning on rewatching again prior to season two yeah um really enjoyed it um ava green's awesome she was in uh she was in camelot which was a show i watched I think it was a star show um that i really liked she
1: played um morgana
0: the, the she witch. kills
1: it dude she's a great actress
0: yeah i mean she's been in other things it's like she's in the new sin city movie and she was in 300 um you know so she's been in some stuff but uh this this i think if she hasn't won a bunch of awards already for her performance she needs to
1: yeah and then separately, win a bunch of awards for her awesome boobies,
0: and and, and the boobie awards. Which
1: maybe <laughs> maybe that's what we
0: should start the the like the nudies or something, where we give out awards for for nude portrayals and TV shows.
1: Yeah, we'd probably get a bunch of people just sending us random nude pictures of themselves. Now, did you see Dracula Untold?
0: I did. Okay, so do you know? That the the plan for that that strike is a little odd. Like towards the end, there was kind of like that,
1: like the, like you know the the yeah. thing you said the many years later kind of thing.
0: Yep, yep. So the plan for that studio, and I don't know which studio does it, is they actually have plans for like a Wolfman movie, a Mummy movie, a Frankenstein movie. Um, and the reason that was put in there was that there's going to be like a weird Justice League of monsters potentially. They just aren't sure. <laughs> they said was depending on how well dracula was received if he would be part of it or not so if you see so for anybody who's seen it when they do come out with you know a new frankenstein or wolfman or whatever's next on the list if you see a character that also appeared in dracula that's the tie-in for it's they're, they're doing the avengers yeah, you know, the Avengers yeah. Iron Man and Captain America and Thor and whatever. And then, you know, the big, big blockbuster Avengers movie. That's what their plans are for monsters, which sounds so cool, but I know can never be pulled
1: off. Well. Kind of like the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. Except it's
0: going to be like, I don't know, like Yeti. And, uh, <laughs> the Loch Ness Monster. I don't know. It's, Here's it sounded the- really cool. And the more I thought about it, I thought this is just the worst idea ever.
1: That I mean, it could work though. Like, uh, that's the thing. I think that at some point, and I'm, and you can fight me on this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna this is gonna put my flag in the ground on this one. For me, television change the quality and the impact of television change with the TV show The Shield. Um, in as much as it became a serious drama that um, had an ongoing story arc that was um, like ground I don't want to say groundbreaking but limit pushing as far as you know what content. Uh, yeah content wise what was acceptable or what was common at the time um, and just like the amount of drama and story that was put into it was far beyond what you would expect from other television shows at the time and from that point on that became it, it that was kind of when the door opened for TV to be the dominant medium it used to be television or television was kind of a jokey second medium and movies were where real magic happened mm-hmm. and now it's completely flipped around where if you like the thing that everybody's talking about is game of thrones and you know lost and and 24 and all these these epic tv shows that people just are obsessed about and movies don't have that as much anymore so doing stuff like marvel did where you have a dozen different movies that all tie into the avengers is is something that movies are now borrowing from like the serial episodic nature of television so it's almost a natural progression and you know they're going to do it in any way they can with whatever characters that you know are easily identifiable so it totally makes sense it's like the time and the place if they did this 15 years ago i'd be like what the fuck are they thinking
0: yep no and i mean and and penny dreadful is good um proof of concept you know that you can bring all the monsters together in one story or at least it's heading that way so i, I think I, I think they can do it i just uh, i don't know man it just
1: doesn't it's mean like, it's gonna be good that last frankenstein movie came out did you see that piece of shit that fucking the guy with from the highlander yeah the the no that what was that
0: chris lambert uh, isn't that who it was No, no. It was a guy who was like a bigger actor. And he's the guy from Thank You for Smoking. Oh, is that him? Yeah. Are you 100%
1: on that? I, Frankenstein? Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, that's the one. Did I mix that up? Yeah. Aaron Eckert. God damn it, you're right. He looks like the guy from... Yeah. I think
0: Christopher Lambert's like 400 years old now. So I don't think he's...
1: I'll be damned. I was kind of okay with it when it was just the Highlander, but now that it's the guy that was Two Face, uh, Harvey Dent, and, and yes, Derek yeah, Knight. that's the other,
0: yep, yeah, the Kung Fu Frankenstein. <laughs> 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 I'm going to throw one more series out there um, that I'm really looking forward to, um, and, and I don't know if this was news like just to me that I found out recently. Um, Hemlock Grove series three on uh, Netflix, third and final season of that. Is coming July 11th. I will be busy that day um, watching all of them. Now, I say that, I'm going to go back and say for anybody that saw, um, or if you're planning on watching it, the very last five minutes of Hemlock Grove season two is quite possibly the worst season finale (laughs) ever in the history of season finales for TV shows. You know, like people are like, Oh, I don't like how the Sopranos ended. I don't like how the S.H.I.E.L.D. ended. No, this is so goddamn terrible. (laughs) I only wanted them to bring this back for a third season to see how they decide to continue with that. Yeah. The fucking worst, man. Holy shit, was it bad.
1: I just can't get over the fact that you said Kung Fu Frankenstein. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: what it was. Uh, You didn't watch
1: Hemlock Grove, did you? I did not watch Hemlock Grove.
0: Um, the reason it came to mind is in in some ways it's a little similar to the concept of um, Penny Dreadful, in that you have a werewolf and a vampire, and then you get some other kind of weird kind of creature, you know, stuff mixed in. Yeah, but it's a serious drama, but it's really weird. I would imagine the people. Um, the, so <laughs> here's here's where I'm going to get uh, shunned from from podcasting from from people's um, iPods and and their their phones and stuff in their car. This is how I always feel. That show is how I feel. That um, oh god, I can't think. What's that goddamn show they're they're coming back with after thirty years? X Files. No, the other one, the 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 weird Twin one peaks? with the, yes. Like when I watch that and I see how goofy and weird Hemlock Grove is, I think that's what Twin Peaks wanted to do but didn't pull
1: off. Oh shit! That's a big yeah. thing to say.
0: Yeah, that's why I said. So we just lost like you know seven hundred listeners.
1: I'm gonna have to uh, watch Hemlock Grove now, just so I can tell you you're wrong. Um, But you did bring up a great point, and how the hell did we not bring up the fact that X Files and Twin Peaks might be coming back?
0: Well, Twin Peaks is definitely coming back.
1: That X Files might be coming back.
0: X Files, yeah, it sounds like Gillian Anderson and uh, David Duchovny have signed on for something. Um, or at least have you know have have uh, publicly said that they're interested. Um, Jillian Anderson has to get the goddamn off of Hannibal first. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, X Files. It would be nice to see where that goes. Now, some of this started. I don't know if you know this, but 24 made a made a return to TV after being off for eight years in a limited series where it was just ten episodes. Yeah. Um, and it did very well for Fox enough so that they're looking at um, X Files. They mentioned Prison Break as a possible returning show in the same kind of yeah limited. Oh, I love Prison Break.
1: I know I like, uh, you and Michael Break. Wilson. Love,
0: yeah, more more than I like X Files. So
1: but, you and uh, Michael, there was I it was their episode or that we were on, but like yeah. I think it was when we were being interviewed about the book anthology. You and him just kind of started like doing this circle jerk about. Prison Break, and you were telling him about some other show, and he got all excited about it. And I was like, "Do you guys need some time?" Dude,
0: listen, listen. I was watching.
1: Um, oh,
0: I guess I was watching The Flash this past week. Okay, and the main character from Prison Break was on, and it was a recurring role for him, where he was on this, you know, a few episodes ago as, as a villain. And they introduced his partner, and his partner is his brother from Prison Break. <laughs> okay <laughs> it was like super exciting because you don't ever you don't really see that when you see that it's usually in a sitcom you know where somebody from another show you know comes on and yeah it's not like they played the roles they did in prison break but to have both of them on as partners you know when they were you know brothers trying to escape from prison together was was
1: pretty cool hey speaking of of stuff that we talked about that's different but that's the same mm-hmm. did you watch the season premiere of uh of justified no. What the fuck, man? <laughs> it's on the DVR. I might even watch it tonight. I insist. I'm going to watch that uh, 88 movie. you got to watch fucking Justified. I'll just right, say, listen. something happens in this first episode that you do not see coming at all. Okay. I I, I, I am going to watch it. I I, I, I like Justified a lot.
0: This I happened just... last
1: time. that There was a new season. I was like, oh, I watched the new one. It had... Michael Rappaport, and you're like, oh, I don't have anything to say because I didn't watch this yet. <laughs> um, I've been really,
0: really busy um, watching Banshee season three. Fucking, all
1: right. That I preempts everything. Everything. All right. So. Fucking Banshee season Walton three Goggins, was, man. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I like Walton Goggins. Oh, get well, I, just, that. I feel like I just saw him because he was in Sons of Anarchy. Oh, I stopped watching that after like the third season. I got to get some dermaphoria in my life. What do we got to do to make that happen?
0: I don't know. We probably know some people we could probably reach out to so that we could be told like, yeah, just be patient.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We've got connections that will tell us that there's nothing we can do. Exactly. So,
0: (laughs) Uh, No, it's a digital world. Like this is how I feel. There's a, a, the sequel to the movie, the unofficial sequel to the movie Streets of Fire is made has 700 like imdb reviews but i can't get it anywhere legally or illegally i've even gone the illegal route like i was like there's got to be some way i got to be able to like internet pay somebody like 20 bucks for them to send me (laughs) like a shitty vhs tape or something nothing it drives me nuts that in a digital world there's waiting for stuff that's finished i mean it's been shown at festivals and you kind of same thing as dermaphoria like why is it in our hands right now
1: yeah you know it's sitting on a hard drive somewhere and that's infuriating
0: yeah yeah well that's that's exactly it it's 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 a digital world like i get release dates and stuff but if somebody has been able to see it like at a festival then then it should just be available to the public i fully agree well what we should do is get the koreans to hack whatever production company (laughs) that's a great plan so i'm gonna start threatening places that show dermaphoria so they'll just put it on youtube for like eight bucks you can't pay for anything on youtube no, you can. It, when they did that movie, that recent one, the one I'm talking about, the the interview. The, yeah, that was available on YouTube. Somehow you could pay for it. What's what? that? Movie? That doesn't even make sense. What's the movie called? The Interview. Oh, Interview. Hold on. The interview. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: here comes the master. Uh, Kung Fu Frankenstein. Google powers Olivia's <laughs> men.
0: No, there was a way. Because when they put it out, it wasn't for free. And YouTube was one of the places you could see it. So here we go. If I click on it, it takes the page that says, The video you've requested has been rated R. Sign in to confirm your age. Oh, i got to sign in. Now Rob's going to see all my YouTube history again.
1: (laughs) God damn it. While you're doing this, I want to remind everybody that um, at the time you're listening to this, if you go over to the Patreon website, patreon.com slash booked, and choose to contribute as low as a dollar a month. You're going to listen to Livius and I um, at, at 24 hours early, every episode, 24 hours early. And now you will have access to um, each of us reading one of our own short stories as a, is uh, an audio short story. All right. So here we
0: go. When you click on it, it takes you to a picture of a little Asian kid playing a guitar, which is a preview video. And in the top right corner it says available to rent from $2.99.
1: This fucking blows my mind. I thought you were just being an old man about the internet. No, no, I'm being serious. And when
0: you click on it and it gives you an option to rent it for 2.99. Oh, wait, you got to love this. 2.99 standard definition, 3.99 in high definition. You can start it within 30 days and you have 20 or I'm sorry, 48 hours to watch it or you can flat out buy it for 15 bucks. I'll be damned. Yeah, I don't know if this is the first thing YouTube did um, from a sales aspect, but I did understand that this was coming, that you would be able to buy content from them just like you do from Amazon or uh, from Amazon, I guess. Does anybody else sell rental stuff? I mean, I know Netflix doesn't have like a premium iTunes. tier or anything. Oh, iTunes. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. So, they're. I mean, it makes sense. They have the largest video distribution
1: platform in the fucking universe. All I'm going to say is, I never had to pay anything to watch that keyboard cat. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) No, but I can imagine.
0: You haven't seen keyboard cat? No, no, I haven't. Man, you and I are just making out lists of things we have to watch tonight, aren't we? Oh,
1: no, I'm going to send this link to you right now. Oh, you don't have to. I have have the internet. Search for keyboard cat. Yep, on YouTube, right? (laughs) On the
0: YouTubes. Oh, there is a cat with hands playing a keyboard.
1: Yeah, play that. It's wearing a fucking robe, like a silk robe. Yeah, a fucking keyboard cat, man. You have a silk robe, right? I have no... I've never... owned I'm not a robe guy. I just walk around hanging out. (laughs) What? This is so weird.
0: (laughs) Alright, I've now seen keyboard cat.
1: And that's like how old is that? When, when did that when was that published? Let's see, this is the original. Thirty eight million views, two thousand seven. Ooh, I was close, two thousand seven. That's seven years ago, man. I'm living in the past. Oh, uh, but
0: see, Gangnam Style had this many downloads in like twelve hours.
1: I don't want to hear about your fucking Korean see this is how it's gonna start. <laughs> there we go. Here we go. Livius and his K-pop is gonna get us hacked. And then all of a sudden the blackmail files all over the place. Patreon.com slash booked.
0: Secure our files, Patreon.com/slashbooked. booked. right, I think we've gone over, as as evidenced <laughs> by the fact that I just live watched keyboard cat. <laughs> podcast.
1: during an episode, live watched keyboard cat. Uh, seventy-two thousand comments. I'm sorry, seventy-two thousand comments. It's about the same as the booked website.
0: Yeah, it's pretty much. We yeah. have one hundred percent less cats because I'm allergic to cats. Yeah,
1: and keyboards.
0: And what's keyboards?
1: <laughs> coming up next do we know what book we have coming up next nope and thanks for reminding me because I, <laughs> I sent rob a text
0: earlier I was, like, <laughs> completely
1: panicked that i don't know what we're reviewing next week no so there's something the text out loud um, there's a lot of drama in this text i'm completely panicked about not having a book to review next week i said that may be a little extreme and he said don't belittle my plight
0: <laughs> you have no idea how stressed out i've been about this so we're going to wrap this podcast up. Then Rob and I are going to spend about two hours going through the um, pile of books that we have to figure out what we're reviewing next. The book uh, slush. Yep. And it's going to be a big, big surprise, not just to you, but probably to us too. Unless
1: the only thing you're not going to be surprised about is we know it's not going to be an anthology or short story collection.
0: This is true because we're not doing any of those this year.
1: Right. So anyway, that's enough for this week. Um, Catch us next week uh, when we will be reviewing something. Until then, I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snudden. Keep reading.